Julia. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I want to thank everybody for listening and also thank the contributors to my show who are Candace Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, Joseph Simkovic, author of How to Kiss the Universe, Ms. Aida, author, psychic, spellcaster, root worker, and witch. You can find her at MsAida.com, M-I-S-S-A-I-D-A.com. And this episode is being sponsored by Ginger Glasser. And you find Ginger at tarotbyginger.com. And she's a tarot reader, evidential medium, and psychic. And also this episode is being sponsored by Alan Questel. And you can find Alan at uncommonsensing.com. And his new book, Intentional Acts of Kindness, is now available on Amazon. And now, without further ado, our guest for today is Felicity Elliott, and she is from Share International, and uh, it looks like this is going to be a really interesting topic. We're going to be talking about the Aquarian Age, and um, I guess um, some masters that hopefully will be coming to rectify our current situation. <laughs> Thank you for coming on today. It's a pleasure. So what got you into this? Like, like, what exactly is Share International, first of all? Okay. Yeah, Share International, um, actually, just um, very broadly speaking, is a group of volunteers uh, around the world in various countries, many countries. And uh, we were all attracted to the information put out by one man some, well, nearly 50 years ago, 50 years ago. And that man is Benjamin Krem. You might have heard of him. He's a, he's an artist. He's an esotericist. Um, he, he was the author of many books. And uh, he lectured throughout the world and was on um, American uh, media mm-hmm. and talk shows and so on very frequently. And Benjamin Krem was a particularly interesting man, to put it mildly. He was had, let me say, pretty evolved or advanced state of consciousness, and he was able to be tele- well trained in telepathy by one of the masters of wisdom. And so he had a telepathic rapport with one of the masters. Um, and I'm sure some of your listeners might have heard of work like the work of the Theosophical Society or mm-hmm. later on of the Lucis Trust. Um, Alice Bailey was also someone who worked with the master as was Madame Blavatsky. She was um, also a highly uh, advanced person with a great um, uh, insight and uh, wisdom and abilities and uh, access to knowledge that is quite extraordinary. And in this, a similar vein was Benjamin Krem and his work. And so you had, let's say, Blavatsky, Madame Blavatsky, bringing this information to the West for the first time about the masters, about um, uh, ancient wisdom. Um, so people in the in the West suddenly became aware of, or became more and more aware of, things like um, rebirth, reincarnation, the law of karma, cause and effect, uh, ideas of. Um, through incarnation, people develop and come back persistently as the soul reincarnates 
and grows and grows in its consciousness, in its awareness, in its ability. We're basically talking about um, the evolution of awareness or consciousness. Mm -hmm. And so Benjamin Krem was one of these kind of people, and he brought information directly from his master to the world. And we were all, all I say we, anyone who worked with Benjamin Krem, my co-workers, etc., were attracted by this information because it seemed to be at least a possible hypothesis. And I love the title of your show, Everything Imaginable, because in a way, um, and I must I must emphasize, this is not a religion. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm talking about the everything imaginable, because literally we ask people, imagine with us, just take it as a hypothesis. Imagine that this is possible. Take it as a theory and see if it in any way works for you. So the idea basically is, and that was the information that was Benjamin Krem received from his master, is that the world at the moment is in a particular phase. We're moving out of the old age of Pisces with everything that that meant for the last 2,000 years. And that age had a particular quality brought in by Jesus, who was a ma- who is now the master Jesus. And... Now we're moving into another cycle, the cycle of Aquarius, where these enormous energies pouring into our planet are making a change. The main change they're making is in our mentality, in the way we respond to to life, to ourselves, how we relate to ourselves, our inner life, and how we relate to others, and what we need to do in the world to help all of us get out of and deal with the challenges and the crises that are facing us at the moment. So we're in a very interesting stage, just moving out of one phase of evolution, moving into a new age, new energies, having a new sort of a developing mentality, but we're not there yet. So it's a it's a, a time when everyone feels as if we're sort of floundering, looking for <laughs> ideas, looking, and you can see it in our politicians, can't mm-hmm. you? <laughs> around the world, um, you can see that people are searching and that the ordinary people actually are a lot more on the ball in many ways than the leaders. And according to Benjamin Krem and his master, that it will be the people who eventually lead their leaders or take over those positions to bring about a world which we all long for. So that's a world... I speak from Share International, and the idea of Share is to do with the fact that we're all interconnected. Mm -hmm. And if we're interconnected, and if you and I have literally a direct relationship, whether we know each other or not, and I have a direct relationship with all life streams on this planet, Mm -hmm. and in fact further afield in our solar system, then we have to start living as if everything that we think and do and, and wish for and put into effect has an enormous influence throughout our world, <clears throat> excuse me, and throughout cosmos. So we're going to have to start making the changes that we want. And everyone is, don't tell me there's no one. <laughs> well, there are a few, but people who are longing for a peaceful world, a world where you can trust people again, where you can be yourself simply, honestly, without putting up any kind of a, a, you know, a brave face on things where people can work together to make the solutions that we need to make a decent world. So that's the sort of phase we're in, and it's uncomfortable because <laughs> the new, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, there's obviously you, there's there's people that are 
like, no, we don't want this. We don't want this. And they're really, really rigid and, and resisting. And then you have people that are like, like me and you that are running towards it, you know? So it's like, you have like almost two different realities existing on the same planet at the same precisely, time. Precisely, precisely. And so, you know, you always have, but particularly at this time when you're coming to the end of a civilization, really, because that's what's happening, and you can see all the old structures are breaking down, the political, the economic, the financial, the educational, the social, the healthcare, the the way we do everything mm-hmm. is breaking down. Why? Because actually there's a sort of a new life trying to burst through. New energies are trying to, and they just, these old forms don't answer us, our needs anymore. Right. They're simply inadequate. Mm-hmm. So you have the struggle of particularly young people and people like you and me, uh, and for myself, I have to say young at heart, (laughs) 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 not physically young, but young at heart, so that we are striving towards, as you say, running towards the future, longing for a different way of being. And we have different norms, we have different priorities. Uh, And so many new people, people like you and me, people who are wanting to see a new, different kind of world, are full of what they would call, not religion, but a sense of themselves as as divine. That they talk about being, and we all, I think many people do these days, talk about being, I'm interested in spirituality. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm spiritual. I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. You'll hear a lot of people saying. And that is because I think there's a convergence. People, more and more people, are on the verge of, or already have, have a great experience or sense of themselves as somehow divine, somehow immortal, somehow existing beyond the physical, and that your brain is not the mind. The brain is a computer. The mind gives the ideas, the brain kind of works them out, and you uh, and you deal with them in your everyday life. But what's behind that is the fact that we are, and that's what people are sensing, we are souls in incarnation. And that soul is what new people, let's call them new people, people who belong to the future, who who are creating the future, that soul is what people sense, and that is what is impelling us all to create new structures and to look for new ways of relating to each other. Mm -hmm. In a way, what we're talking about is relationship, relationship within ourselves, Mm -hmm. relationship with each other, and with everything that we want outside of ourselves in our close environment and then locally and then in our national environment and globally. And there's so many people these days who believe and feel, not just believe, but really experience themselves as global citizens, if not citizens of our solar system, and know it to be true. Um, know it to be true that there's far more to life than what we're told is reality. <laughs> so Isn't ha- that right? Absolutely, it is. How, uh, how do we how do we do that? How do we get people to expand their consciousness without, say, for example, you know, being like the way the, the Catholics were during the Crusades, going around crucifying people that don't believe and forcing people to believe, because that's not going to work with this. Absolutely not, no. And I'm so glad you mentioned just earlier on, you mentioned the idea of polarization, because there is that sense of an, sort of people taking extreme views, mm-hmm. and there's 
the one one faction of of the world wants to go forward and the others holding on to the old structures and so on um and how do we get there well i think um in the first place we we can possibly take heart from the fact that the masters are in the world and that they are led by an extraordinary being who was one of the first of our earth in um the our earth humanity to actually achieve an enormously high point of of insight of wisdom of love of capacity to serve and so on and he is what we refer to in share international and is referred to in the books of by blavatsky and bailey and so on um as the world teacher who is here now he is the oldest of the family of humanity our oldest elder brother as it were he's also the the master of the masters and he comes to the world and he is in the world now with a number of masters and they come as part of a cyclic um re re well let's say kickstarting mm-hmm. a new cycle bringing in a new dispensation bringing in a new civilization bringing in new qualities and ideas so the ideas that we will gradually see unfolding now from now on through the teachings of, of and through our own experience of of life because we are growing more and more in into contact with our souls so that's one answer mm-hmm. to your question and we'll come back to that in a minute okay. but you have the teachings of the world teacher matreya is his personal name and you have the teachings and the help and the guidance of the masters and then people whom they work through the masters always work through people in the world whom they either contact consciously as in the case of benjamin krim and many people unconsciously and people and you know a lot of scientists medical scientists uh, mathematicians um, artists um, you name it across the board these have been people who have been dis- disciples or people who are able to be contacted by the masters and they are inspired and they bring their ideas to the world and the world the more intelligent or the no not more intelligent the more sensitive people more intuitive pick up the ideas and then we find that we're gradually putting these into effect so that's another way we can do this it's through the help and the guidance of the masters behind the scenes we've never been alone the masters have always been there and there's always been guidance now we're at a fantastic stage where they can actually come out because there's this inauguration of the new cycle but there's also this extraordinary need which you've referred mm-hmm. to in the world at the moment where we have so many crises so many challenges we need guidance we need help and as you see our um, leaders so called leaders aren't able to do it on their own they're not the only ones who are getting inspiration they may or may not be and i suspect in many cases they're not getting any inspiration because they're <laughs> so so wedded to the old but young people new people people who are young at heart are picking up ideas the sort of ideas we're talking about but how do we get there yep mm-hmm. one with the guidance of of matreya and the masters two and i think really almost equally important is we start to live as if we really are interconnected and we gr- try to grow into the sense of this oneness with everything oneness with yourself and oneness with everything around you and when you take as a basic hypothesis that we're all one you have to begin to 
relate differently to each other. If we're one, then what, what happens to one affects another. We know this from, from physics, we know this from quantum theory, we know this from ancient uh, the, uh, scriptures. Bring those together and start acting as if everything matters, because it does, right. and take, you know, um, something that Maitreya has said, I think, is a wonderful thing, to sort of a motto to live by. He says, take your brother's need as a measure for your action and solve the problems of the world. There is no other way. Now, that's extraordinary. Take your brother's need as the measure for what you do and what you put into effect, because this, and that's the big change from the last 2,000 years. Now, you find people who are equally idealistic as they were for the last 2,000 years, say, Christianity, uh, Muhammad, uh, uh, Muslim religion, and so mm -hmm. on. But now, the sort of people who are coming into incarnation and the, the feeling, the quality of the new time, this new time, is that people are practical. So the ideals are not just ideals, you know, like uh, I go to the temple or the church on Saturday or Sunday, and the rest of the week it doesn't matter what I do. Now it has to become real and brought into effect and implemented. So that means, do I believe we're connected? Do I believe we're one with each other? In which case, I have to change the structures of our society in our society to reflect that reality. So there has to be the sharing. Now, what do we mean by sharing? I do not mean some kind of a weird co um, communist plot. That is not what's meant. Nor do we mean a kind of sharing of your garden implements and um, sharing your car to give someone a lift. All good, fine. Uh, and do that by all means, great start. But what we do mean is, let's look at the possibility of taking into account the, the basic needs of a human being. What are they? Every human being needs sufficient uh, nourishing food, clean water, shelter, healthcare, accommodation, as a kind of basic human universal right. You can't live without those, yet there's not one country in the world that can say we have all of those in place for our people. But let's go back. What does sharing mean? Okay, how about we think about some various systems which would allow for the equitable redistribution of the world's resources? Because we're living in terrible kind I, I I sometimes you know I mean I'm sure all of us look at television and weep um, if you're getting the right kind of programming and the right kind of news and so on which is giving you the the, 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 the facts but you cannot look at television these days without weeping for the horror of children women men dying every day in the Mediterranean for example or young men trying for a better life, and they, do you know where they stow away lately? On the rudders of giant ships, on the rudder of a ship, just above the waterline, mm -hmm. just above the sea, and you're stuck there for 10 to 12 days, trying to get to a, a to get to life, to get to a future, to get to hope, to get to somewhere where you can earn a little bit of money so you can send it back to your family who's probably starving or in conflict, etc. 
So what Share International and what Maitreya, most importantly what Maitreya is talking about, is the need for changing, because the Masters and Maitreya are very ordinary, in one way, ordinary uh, human beings who have our best interests at heart and who are modern, who are looking, you know, looking at modern crises, looking at our modern problems and saying, ah, here are the solutions. We, in our wisdom of the, you know, we have gathered the wisdom of ages. We've been in, in incarnation for thousands of years. We're, we're, we have the love and, and uh, capacity to serve you. Let us give you of our, let us guide you and give you our advice. And one of the main pieces of advice for Maitreya is, as I said, take your brother's need as a measure for your action and change the situation in the world so we do not have people lying, being left in the desert to die. As they're trekking across, you have the countries of the Sahel at the moment in Africa, people trekking from the Sahel through the, the, the deserts to get to North Africa, to try to get on a leaking boat. They're, they're charged a fortune and they die in the Mediterranean. Men, women, children daily. They, they dry. They, they, they are trying to get to the UK, to, to England, again, from the coast of France, one of the world's busiest sea routes. And people are dying there daily. And yet the, the, the British government at the moment is so inhumane that it is trying to stop people and it is trying to pay uh, African countries, it's trying to pay France to stop the migrants. Instead of saying, as Matreya says, well, why don't you? It's very simple. These people don't want to leave their homes and their families and their place where they were born. They would prefer to stay there. Let them stay there, but let us share equitably. It doesn't mean to say that everybody in the States or in Western Europe, where I am, needs to give up everything. Mm -hmm. No, but it is there is enough around the world if we share. Unfortunately, we spend a huge, huge amount of the income of every country on armaments, and we know what's being done with them. <laughs> That's the horrible. Do you think eliminating the use of currency would help? Do you know that? And going to trade instead. Yeah, well, that is a fascinating insight of yours because um, it is said, Benjamin Krem's information is, and uh, inspired and given directly by his master, is that at some point, that is exactly what will happen. Money to. will be withdrawn. That's in the, somewhat in the future. But for the moment, there will be, um, and not too distant future, a system of um international global barter as it were mm -hmm. what you're saying so exchange of goods you know look we've got and countries will be asked certainly no no person in the states no citizen in the states or anywhere in the world will be asked okay look you have to give up what you've got you have to give it to us no mm -hmm. what will happen is countries will take a um um let's say in, an inventory of what we have in supply in our products, in our technology, etc., in one country, and what we can give away and maybe barter. Right. And so it, I'm using the word barter, and it makes people think that, oh, we're going back to exchanging shells and, and, and beads. No, I, well, I think for me it just means an even exchange of energy, which, exactly. which currency has, is not an 
even exchange of energy. And that's kind of why we have, like, you know, people up here, you know, with all the money, and you have people down here. It doesn't work. Exactly. Exactly. It is the terrible divide between the rich and the poor, the 1% and the 99%, and it is becoming more and more clear to more and more people that this is not only unjust, unfair, and and uh, really immoral, but it is, it's not workable. Just no. think in terms of your uh, own self-interest. Think of how, what we're doing to the, yeah, the natural no. world. Well, we'll destroy the planet we're, if we stay this way. We're destroying the planet for what? For, for, for profit. And we're destroying the, the natural world and people are having to flee from those areas and they put pressure on the next country and so on and so on. So you get a domino effect of um, negativity. Mm-hmm. And it is because at the heart of things, as you've just said, there is this terrible, terrible greed, uh, lust for power. So you've got a handful of people, uh, a, a relative, relative, a small handful of people and companies who rule the world and not for the good of the world and not for the good of the, the planet. Hmm. Yeah. So countries will be asked to make over what they have in surplus there will be uh, a, a, an international organization which mm-hmm. will build, be under the supervision and the guidance of a more evolved person, um, perhaps one of the masters or one of the people working directly with the masters. And in that way, you will gradually get better systems in place so we do not have the terrible poverty, injustice, because we live every day, all of us, I believe, with a sense of unease of it's not right, it's not right, and how can I carry on feeling that my life's fine if we're connected and interconnected? It's not right, and we live with a sense of unease, and it adds to the tension all of us feel. I believe very strongly Absolutely. that all of us are suffering the suffering of others, yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean, we kind of got ourselves in this weird mess of where we're kind of, in my opinion, we're enslaved in a little, in, in a way, and yeah, yeah. And but but deep inside, we all have this fire that wants to be free, and wants to expand, wants to grow, and experience all of the universe that we can, all of our consciousness that we can, all the love that we can. Precisely, you know, uh, you're saying such wonderful things. Um, uh, I've recently been um, looking into um, near-death experiences. Mm-hmm. And have, have interviewed a couple of people and we don't need them only, but it's brilliant that they're coming back. A lot of them are scientists and peace, people with a quite a sort of scientific technical yeah. background. Uh, most of them were atheists before they had this near, near death experience. So it's great. They come back and, and you ask them, so what's the main message? Do you know, you know what they say? Love. Yeah. Love. Love and how we relate to each other and what we make of our lives for each other. Because we all come into incarnation, and according to Ben, Benjamin Krem, uh, we all come into incarnation with three to four purposes. Individual to you, individual to me. So unique to you, unique to me. There are purposes for which we come into life. And you... I'm sure that many of the <coughs> listeners will, will know the sense of, through, as they grow through life, 
you have a sense of searching, unease, and looking for. And then when you find that which is closest to your heart, closest to your your soul and your soul purposes, things seem to sort of click into place. And your life seems to find a better rhythm, a better it finds meaning, it finds purpose, because that is who you are. The ability to do and to be are one and the same then. And so um, that's, you know, you just mentioned love and the ability to explore more of who we are. Hmm. According to Benjamin Krem, too, and his master, in future, now I know a lot of people are very worried about AI. I can't say a word about AI because I know nothing about it, so I'm not even going to start. But what I am going to say is something akin to that. And it makes sense if we know that um, we in the future, and it's already started, uh, will find a lot of the heavy work, the the uh, routine work, the soul-destroying work will be done by uh, robots. <clears throat> so it will be mechanized. Right. Now that means that more and more of us have free time. Right. And that free time is exactly what you were talking about. The time to explore reality and different realities and who we are and what life is and what love is and what our universe is and what our place is in it. I mean, you know, a lot of people think, ah, I have to die before I find out what my soul is. Really? No, <clears throat> not the case. And you're going back to your question, how do we get there? Another answer to that question is meditate. Meditation is extraordinarily important. Meditate and serve the world. Work to to, to change the world. But one of the, the, the royal road, as it's called, is to meditate. And meditation, any form of meditation, is to bring the person closer and closer, more in, more in contact with their soul, more having a greater sense of what your soul is and who you are as a soul. And that is one of the major ways in which humanity is moving forward and we will change our outer world because we're changing our inner world yeah yeah meditation definitely is big i think there's a lot of my opinion too is that there's a different forms of meditation for everybody i don't think like obviously sitting on a cushion for three or four hours a day is not going to be for everyone you know exactly so, but I do think that there's a lot of options available now for, for people to help get them into that kind of state. Um, you know, we have plant medicines that are becoming legalized again. That kind of moves the consciousness along. There's um, art. Art does the same thing, you know, just a yep. deep appreciation of music or of painting or of nature. Um, yeah. Reconnecting to each other. Yes. I think I think sometimes just stopping and listening yes. to what a person's actually saying yeah. is a form of meditation. Yes, exactly. You know, meditation, and you're absolutely right, all forms of meditation are valid, and um, uh, people, more and more people are beginning to meditate and finding their way to meditation through everything that you've just mentioned. Um, I'll, I'll mention the fact that uh, Share International and Benjamin Krem have a particular... Well, Benjamin Krem introduced a particular form of meditation to the world, and it was given to him by his master. It's called transmission meditation, mm -hmm. a meditation for the new age. And it is 
uh, because it is a form of service. So it's a form you can do it next to your own meditation. Doesn't doesn't displace your own meditation. You shouldn't stop what you're doing. You should continue doing what you do. But if you wish to um, meditate as a form of service, so service to the world, and it is allowed. You work with the masters, and your higher chakras are used. And energies are put through and it, uh, through those chakras, and the energies are sent by the masters, not by us, out into the world where they're needed uh, to help make the, the needed changes. So it's a very simple form of meditation. You simply sit on, for, and for Westerners, it's great. You don't have to get yourself into <laughs> all sorts of <laughs> which I've never been able to do, <laughs> interesting positions. But you simply sit on a chair and uh, you place your attention on the Ajna Center. And, um, you allow, and you align yourself with your soul, and you allow the masters, and you work, and the main thing is, of course, I wanted to emphasize, because that's the main energy, the influence of the new energy of Aquarius, is that far more people are working together, coming together in groups in order to achieve things. And, um, transmission meditation is actually done in group form, and, uh, people come together, and, uh, they meditate um, for an hour or two or whatever they, they wish to do. And um, they're linked up. They, you can link yourself up mentally or and you're linked up in a sort of network of a light, a light around the world. Mm-hmm. And these energies are sent through you. You don't transmit, you don't send them anywhere in particular or try to, to change a situation somewhere. But it's done. And it's we, we believe it's a form of service. The energies are quite palpable. Many of us feel the energies, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you and many of your listeners probably feel energies, uh, literally physically feel them, and uh, that is the case. Um, and it's just a, a form of service, but it is a form of meditation, uh, and it shouldn't displace your ordinary meditation that you do. Um, but it is also, again, it's the um, it's a growth, and why it comes now that particular type of transmission, what type of meditation given now, is because people are able to work far more in groups now. And the energies, of course, are powerful energies and can only be put through a group of people rather than just one person. And they go out into the world and do their work and help for transforming things. Um, Again, I put it to your listeners as a hypothesis. Try it out yourselves. Um, There are transmission groups throughout the United States. Um, so if people go to share-international.org, they can look at the events page and see if people are going to be at an event, a public event or something like that, and they can find them. And there are also, uh, just while I mentioned, just while I'm thinking of it, there are also a number of uh, freely downloadable books on that site, and one is to do with that meditation and so on. Yeah. But you know, find people and see, try it out. You know, um, can certainly do no harm. Um, it's recommended for everybody except, I must say, except for children younger than 12, let's say, 12, 14. And uh, if people have any serious heart problems or people are slightly, slightly psychologically or emotionally disturbed, then leave it, leave it until you're feeling more stable and, and then see if you can. Yeah. But um, that's that's a, a form of meditation. But many people are meditating in all sorts of ways. Um, a scientist working with absolute focus to try to uh, figure out a next step or 
a mathematician trying to figure out a, a particular th- to, to, which will take humanity a step further, and it's also a meditation. And we have to be much broader in our sense of how we each serve in our in our various ways. Each life has its purpose, as we talked about. Yeah, I think one of the things that we have done, or one of the things that has happened to us, that we've been put into these little boxes. Yes. And we kind of have to look outside. And, and that meditation helps us to do that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think, though, then one of the challenges is, too, is... Um, you know, how how do we convince people um, that we don't really have to live an ego driven life? Mm. You know, to get them to actually because because once you reach a point to where you're willing to meditate, you've already reached that point where you've recognized, mm. oh, maybe my ego is not the the real deal anyway. You know, and then as you meditate, you explore that, and you also explore. The idea that we're creating our own reality, that, that our thoughts, our emotions, is all energy that's going out into the world and affecting the world. Exactly, yeah. How do we, so your question was, how do we... How, how do you get people to become willing to meditate? How do you mm-hmm. get people just to, I mean, it's obviously it's a very small shift, right? The person's thinking to get them to that point, but, yeah. it's, but it's tricky, <laughs> Too. It is tricky. Especially to do it in a gentle, loving way. Certainly that. Certainly that. Although, you know, um, I personally, I'm just speaking absolutely pers- personally right now. This is totally subjective. But I don't think I would even try to get someone to meditate unless they themselves started indicating that they were interested. Agreed. or And then I think I would sort of leave it to their own soul, you know, because... I know it's a slower process, but it is in the in the long mm-hmm. run. I think perhaps uh, a surer and a truer process in this in this sense, truer in the sense of accurate and to more along what they are, mm-hmm. uh, respecting what people are. Um, you know, people have the masters give people a lot of experiences, whether we know it or not. Many, many, many people have had experiences of the masters. Either we've been given some hint, some tip, some nudge. Now, when when somebody is in incarnation and has been in, in coming into incarnation over and over for thousands of years, and is suddenly coming to the point where the soul, the 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 person is more, let's say, more open to the possibility of being reached by the soul. The soul begins to um, make itself felt. Um, it, it gives you a little tap on the shoulder. It might give you a nudge. You might have a dream. You might have an experience. You might have a sense of, ah, what? there's something. There's something. Or you might actually experience a presence in you or around you somewhere. Or you have a sudden sense of being lifted up to a more uh, rarefied, more elevated state of awareness where you feel and experience complete oneness with everything, where you have a sense of the the consciousness behind what we see as the material world. And you know that actually that and you are somehow connected. Um, now, the soul works over lifetimes, just 
you know, a little drip, a drop at a time, and gradually the person is able to respond more and more to the soul and becomes interested in all sorts of different things. It's very interesting when the soul finally sort of takes, really takes hold of you and says, okay, now it's time to get real, right? Let's get real. Let's, let's, let's do it. Let's experience, let's express ourselves and let's experience ourselves as souls in incarnation. Okay, what does that mean? The soul begins, you see the person, you notice the person, they, they change a lot. I'm sure you, you, you've got friends mm -hmm. and associates and yourself. You, you go through certain experiences inwardly or you wake up and you've got certain sort of intimation or an intuition of something and you start changing. You begin in, to be interested in the things that we're talking about. You begin to start reading stuff. Um, you find that you go to a bookshop and suddenly a book appears, you know, ah, oh, that's the book I need. I don't mean appears, but, you know, might suddenly, oh, that's the one I need. And you read that. Or you meet someone and they say something which which sparks off something else. It starts a process. And you might find yourself, you know, changing completely in your your value system, and in you, you suddenly find ah, the old you know the world, the way, the one that they say is reality. I don't believe that anymore, or it's not enough. I think there's something more. And people take the soul takes the person on that journey, and it leads you. And at some point, if you're you know getting to a stage where you're be becoming more useful to your to the world to your community, the soul. And the ma your master, because everyone has their own masters, etc. The soul, and perhaps later on at a different stage, the master begins to take a hand in your development, in your evolution. And you might get an intimation of, oh, it would be really handy to start a podcast or a radio <laughs> program or something like that. Do you know what I'm saying? I know so, exactly what you're saying. <laughs> like my podcast was sort of born out of a, a near-death experience that I had. Right. So, oh, I'd love to hear it if you. <laughs> uh, I talk about it all the time. I mean, it was during a, a seizure, and, and I was down for about forty-five minutes. And during that time, though, it wasn't a white light experience. There was no life review. What happened to me was, I was in the center of the cosmos, and the cosmos was just like these swirling colors with sound around me, and I, I was completely aware. I was probably more aware than I've ever been as far as I can remember in my in this physical form. And um, there was no fear. There was absolutely no fear. It was absolute 100% contentment. There was no desire. There was no fear. There was no struggle. And then when I, when I woke up, I was a bit agitated. In fact, I was still agitated from it years later because it was such a... A fantastic experience, mm. you know, and, and also like like part of that story too is the weird part where, you know, about a week later I received a book in the mail on time paradoxes, and the book came from Oxford University, not from Amazon, and the date of the book because I didn't order the book and I looked at the receipt and the receipt was dated six months in the future, so. You know, my whole thing was like, well, maybe during that seizure I connected with a future self and sent me this book to remind myself that time isn't real. None of this is a hundred, none of this is actually real. What this is, is a place to grow and, and also a place 
I mean, it sounds silly, but a place to play. Yes, exactly. And, and have enjoyment and, and yes. have experiences. Not really mm. meant to be here. I mean, we're meant to be here <laughs> to struggle, but that's not the point of it. Hmm. Mm. That's wonderful. You see, and, and everything you've touched on is absolutely perfect. One of the main things that Maitreya is coming to do is to rid humanity of fear because fear is so paralyzing and it stops us from being ourselves. And if you're not yourself, you can't get to being yourself and putting it into effect and allowing your creativity and your joy. Mm -hmm. Because joy is an aspect of, as soon as you know yourself as a soul, you are joyful. You, you, you cannot be otherwise. And whether even if you're going through a lousy day, that, that's just the surface thing. Mm -hmm. Really, your whole the whole note of your life is that you are joyful. And you're here, Maitreya actually in some of his teachings says, be yourselves, enjoy life, enjoy, be who you are. Be who you are in simple honesty, sincerity of mind, hon honesty of mind, sincerity of spirit, and at the same time, a kind of a detachment from the ego he talks about. That's three basic principles in his teachings. Uh, and anyone interested in his teachings can find them in, in some of Benjamin Krem's books. And fear is one of the things that is really stultifying. It keeps people st static mm -hmm. and it allows others to use that fear to manipulate us so that we think that we have to literally buy into commercialization, competition, fighting with each other conflict all the time rather than what you and I have just been talking about which is a sense of oneness and a sense of being longing to cooperate mm -hmm. and cooperation is what will get us forward and we are by nature let's not believe what we've been told we're automatically aggressive hostile to each other I mean, yeah, that's a part of a very sort of ancient animal type, which we've been through. Yeah. You know, we've developed from, from an early animal man to what we are. But there's far more to us than that. And because we are, you know, souls in incarnation, we are capable of so much more. And cooperation is the way, not competition. Mm -hmm. And at the moment, competition, commercialization, and um, it, the ugliness of it has really got people... Uh, really, it, it, it got us in a grip, you know, we have a, and you just t touched on it, you said time, time doesn't exist, exactly, from the, for the masters, from their point of view, time does not exist, and the minute you're out of the body, time does not exist, mm -hmm. there's a timelessness to everything, and as you say, we come in into incarnation simply to learn, this is a learning school, to learn, to grow, to develop, to grow our consciousness, and to serve and to make it a better place for all so that we can continue to explore our creativity and our nature. So one of the things Maitreya is coming to do is teach that sincerity of spirit to advise people uh, to be themselves in simple honesty, to eschew fear, not to go the way of competition because greed and the lust for power and greed and money has got us into the situation where the world is suffering Terribly, terribly. You know, in America, I'd like to talk about this. I don't, just for a minute, if mm. you don't mind. I, I, I was just thinking as I was talking something else the, about commercialization. You know, just as each of us has a soul and a personality, 
and they may the the soul and the personality and the person you meet and see may respond to a different energy might be on a different energy line just in exactly the same way each country has a soul and a personality and you have countries at different stages of their own development and i'm not talking about outer development but i'm talking about how much of the soul you can see showing in a in a country one of the fascinating things that i learned from benjamin krem and one of the masters called the master joel cool he's a tibetan master and he wrote a lot of the books with alice bailey lucis trust um is the fact that america all like you and me all nations have a have a destiny and a purpose as well mm-hmm. the purpose and the destiny of the united states is precisely what the world is waiting for at the moment america has what's called um the its soul energy is the energy of love wisdom and intuitively and kind of background in the background somewhere i'm sure most americans have a sense of we can serve we can do we can be we can be we can help the world in some way i'm not talking about the authoritative um uh, dictatorial um militaristic um you know the military industrial complex etc yeah. etc et i'm not talking about that i'm talking about i'm i think that somewhere distantly many americans have a sense of we can be better we can be more we can serve the world in a particular way benjamin krem and the masters talk about the fact that the world is waiting for america to show its soul aspect not its personality which is a young confident that we're going to do we're going to take over you know all that right. there is the soul of america which is sort of just longing to to come into its to flourish to come into its own and to show its love and its wisdom and to and to play a part in changing and shaping the world now other countries have but because i'm talking to an american in america <laughs> i i think this is very important for the states to see there is really a battle for the soul as it were of i don't know if that's the right way of putting it but let's say there's a battle going on in the states where you talked about it huh the ones who want to go forward and mm-hmm. the ones who want to hold on now um that can start on a local level people can start working with each other on lo- a local level helping in with whatever but also you can help by standing for particular principles and letting those be known writing to the media letting your voice be heard speaking out politically socially you know talking about social justice and then think in broader terms of the role that america can play in the world it's not it's not that america is expected to come along and save the world not that but it's supposed to express itself as a soul and when it gives that wonderful quality to the world it will be able to inspire the rest of the world to take part in do you remember just after the world war i say remember i don't mean you uh, personally to remember but mm-hmm. historically from america came a wonderful act of kindness and love and compassion and that was the marshall plan after the second world war when europe was in tatters and um the marshall plan was instigated 
to provide and to help and in a com uh, act of enormous compassion that aid and so on was brought. I'm not talking in terms of aid, by the way, when I talk about sharing. Mm -hmm. Not at all. We have to change. Aid is not the right thing. But to take a step into a different way of being is what we need. So not aid, but different way of being where we talked about, as we talked about, that new system of kind of exchange of goods and, and so on. Yeah. Now, something else that is also in in American destiny is this. Each, throughout throughout the long sweep of history, each civilization has developed a particular quality. Way back to Neanderthal man and before that, you had Lemuria, then you had Atlantis. And in Atlantis, which was a true civilization and so on, and lasted for, oh, I can't remember how many thousand years, 10,000 years more. Um, it, um, the quality there was people were actually not able to think in the way that we can think. They emoted. They were, they were kind of instinctive mm -hmm. and they could understand everything in terms of the feeling, feeling. And now, and their civilization was largely given to them by the masters of the time, inspired and so on. Now, We've come to a stage, the human race has come to a stage where we're beginning to think and that's just, a, you know, not everyone thinks. There's a kind of thinking. But the next stage, actually, and that will also come from the States, is the development of an intuitive faculty which supersedes just the everyday mental ability, you know, um, you look at your watch, you know you have to be here at a certain time, do that there. That's a kind of everyday kind of concrete thinking. Then you've got a kind of higher thought, which is to do with abstract, philosophical, etc., which takes you to a different level altogether. But there's the intuition, which is the voice of the soul, and the soul giving you direct knowledge. It's direct. You don't need to think about it. It's you know because you know, and it is absolutely accurate all the time. And there is a new race, as it were, a new human race coming, being born out of what we have now throughout the globe. But in America, there's the germs of it already. So America has a divine uh, destiny, just like other, other countries as well. But America has a divine destiny, and the world is waiting for that to, be, to, to show itself. Of course, we all other countries have to get on with <laughs> their destiny and so on, but <laughs> and and uh, many are not doing very well at the moment. Uh, unfortunately, we're not really feeling that way here in America. No, we no. feel we, we feel right now, like, like like here, especially right now. I would say in the next, it seems like the next five years, you know, it feels like we're being torn apart. Like yeah. it's almost like civil war here. Like. Where we're going to be breaking into two countries, which I think is yeah. a possibility, unfortunately, yeah. where we're going to have to split into two separate countries. Yeah. I think that won't happen. I pray it won't happen because that is really such a, an unthinkable in a way. Um, but it really does. I, I'm sure it feels like that to, it does. to the States. Yeah. yeah. I think what needs to happen is we all need to, not only in the States, but all of us need to look. I mean, 
what do you need? What do you want? You know, wake up in the morning and look at the world and say, what do I want? What do I need? What does the world need? Yeah. I mean, how does it look to you? Well, it looks to most people as if the planet's going to <laughs> into a terrible state. You know, um, our natural world is suffering appallingly. What do people in America uh, experience at the moment most appallingly is the weather. Mm. The, the weather is disturbed. Why is it disturbed? Yeah, climate change is a big one. Yeah, I'll tell you why, according to Benjamin Kremen, his master, and to Matreya, um, we live in a far more complex and interesting and beautiful world and, and uh, consciousness than we know. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that people are becoming aware of is that um, there is... Um, what? How do you explain the extraordinary beauty and an unerring instinct of plants, of animals... Of nature, how does it work? Is there what is the how does it, there must be big questions? Mm -hmm. And what um, has been revealed through a lot of the um, esoteric ageless wisdom teachings and so on by Benjamin Krem and others is that there is a parallel kingdom to ours, and it's what's called the angelic, or other people call it devas, D E V A, mm -hmm. devic kingdom. I don't know if this is familiar to you or to, to, to your listeners, but um, what, everything we see and everything that's created and made, every, every physical atom and also non-physical atom, is in fact created and made of, as, as it were, made of the stuff of Davic stuff. This dark matter, this um, etheric matter, mm -hmm. all of that the scientists are beginning to look into and so on, we are. We live in a, a sea of energies. We live. It's Absolutely. nothing but energy at different points of different vibrations, mm -hmm. different vibratory rates. Now, everything that we know, including ourselves and so on, is made up of tiny devic lives, and they live and work on instinct and on. And there is, a, a, and they're parallel to us. Now. We owe them an extraordinary uh, debt of being because they're there and supporting us. Now, there are there's a huge, as it were, um, gradation of devic life. It goes up to great, great angels, mm -hmm. great devic beings. Um, have you ever seen, Share International has published in the past, quite a few photographs uh, taken by NASA and their, um, their, their uh, cameras into space. And you see giant winged creatures. I have seen that. Yes. Space. Have you seen that? Yeah. Benjamin Krem's master has confirmed for us that these are truly and real. These are, for example, gigantic, huge, enormous consciousnesses, and they are great, uh, highly evolved, enormous beings who are angelic beings. Of course, there are also UFOs. And they're also seen and also have been confirmed by Benjamin Krems Master. That's another story. We can get into that in a minute. But so there is this divic kingdom of angels. And uh, Maitreya is, is that teacher who comes with to teach men and angels. And he comes with angels. And he will gradually introduce us to the divic kingdom. But what I wanted to say about this, we started on the climate. Why is the climate so out of 
its balance. Why is it so awry? Why do you have droughts when you used to have rain? Where? Why do you have floods when you used to have a couple of inches of rain? Because of the tension and the anger and aggression in the world and our thoughts and our feelings and the dividedness of it, and we live in a terrible tension, this has its effect on the divic world. And nature, Mother Nature, is really ticked off. <laughs> and she is responding in the way that we see now. So mm -hmm. this is not; these are not acts of God. They are acts of man. The global warming, according to Benjamin Krem's master, is 80% caused by human activity. Mm. We know what we need to do. We know that we need to change our ways of life. We know that we should not be extractive and exploitative and using the planet with no care about replenishing the resources. We use it as a resource for ourselves and we you know, chuck it away when we're done. This is not in line with how we should be living because the planet is a living being with a consciousness. It has its purposes, mm -hmm. and we're here bound up with that purpose. Um, I, I, I love and I, I, I almost live by the expression by the, the, um, was the Apostle St. Paul, I think, who, who, who coined this phrase, the, that great being in whom we live and move and have our being. And that says it all to me because we are this being, and we're Everything that we do and everything we are is tied up with our physical planet, but the cosmos that we're part of, and everything that we do affects everything else. So what do people want? What do people suffering at the moment in the States is they're suffering from the weather. And they're suffering from poverty. They're suffering from physical um, and social injustice. They're suffering from not having enough... Uh, I mean, people are being chucked out of their houses. Same in the UK. Same in many countries. You've got rich countries that are supposed to have, you know, huge D GDP, and 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 people are on the streets and not being able to. They have to choose. I feed my child, or I, or I warm my house. And now we're in the end. We're nearly at the end of the first quarter of the 21st century. <laughs> and don't tell me we can't solve these problems. We know very well how to solve them. The problem is, is that you have, as, as you pointed out, a huge number of people, a small number of people who have huge resources. Mm, and they pay, they pay the politicians and the politicians do their bidding. Whichever party, whatever it's and that's why people say I'm fed up with politics because they know that there's corruption and there mm -hmm. is corruption. It doesn't mean to say we have to give up and, and just let them all do. No, quite the contrary. Just like the millions of young kids now who take to the streets together with their, their mums and their dads and their grand, grandparents to call for a, a, a better world and a better way of dealing with the climate and mm -hmm. listen to the science, you know? Yeah, so, I, I think it's going to be... Like you mentioned earlier, probably some of the solution, because I, myself, I, I sort of identify as like a green anarchist. I don't necessarily believe in government and banks and mm -hmm. laws and all that kind of stuff. But if you have AI and robots taking away most of our heavy lifting that we have to do, it leaves us with a lot of time and a lot more energy, we can 
possibly move into a more collective style of living, hopefully. Yeah. So, so we can use technology to almost to like allow us to live in a more primitive, closer to nature type of way. Yeah, not more primitive, but certainly more natural. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, more, more, more natural. Yeah, yeah. Or the Sorry, cosmos, really. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Ah, yeah. I clearly can see that happening. I don't know if it could happen here in the U.S., though. Yes, it will. It will. It will happen throughout the world because, again, you know, these things can't happen. You see, like the um, Mother Nature and the climate change, it doesn't know that there's a boundary. It doesn't know that there's a border. It doesn't know that there's a border between Canada and so, the U.S. So, so you think, like, Mother Nature is going to, like, sort of give us a hard smack and make well, us wake up? Well, don't you, don't you think we're getting quite a hard smack already? I mean serious serious oh. flooding people killed i mean look at maui look at look at what's happening yeah. in the and we still have That's, deniers <laughs> you know yes there are people who deny but you see the thing is that you at some point you have to take okay let's be let's be very practical mm -hmm. uh, and let's say why don't we take it on the basis of um intelligent self-interest what's in your best interest you're in your best interest it is to cooperate in yes. your best interest. It is to live slightly differently, uh, to take note of, of what your neighbor needs. And I mean neighbor in the broadest sense of the word. We are our neighbor's keepers. And, you know, to look bro more broadly, that's in your self-interest. You know, if you want your kids and your kids' kids to survive, um, well, it's pretty simple. Mm -hmm. You've got to start looking after each other and looking after the planet. Okay. I mentioned earlier on that there is such a thing as um, UFOs or UAPs mm -hmm. and uh, Space Brothers. Um, Benjamin Krem referred to them always as Space Brothers. And that is also true because we're part of a system. We're part of a solar system. And just like you've got chakras and so on, you've got the system mm -hmm. and centers in the, in the whole solar system. And um, according to Benjamin, now I can't prove this, but according to Benjamin Kremen's master, all the planets in our solar system are inhabited. Now, how can I make such a daft, uh, crazy-sounding uh, statement? Well, you you know that we talked about uh, dark matter or etheric matter, a finer level of the physical. It's above the gaseous. Mm -hmm. You get finer and finer and finer levels of matter. Which is what you know. Scientists know it, and they their their uh, theories. Right. So it's like uh, you have more of like an ethereal type of life. And exactly. Consciousness of exactly. Now the space brothers, uh, people on other planets, all of our planets are inhabited. They their societies, their lives, their civilizations, their planets, um, their physical their their lives are in the etheric, which is why. And it's an answer to the question. People say, well, yeah, you know, I saw this thing that I thought was a UFO. One minute it was there and the next minute it was gone. Yeah, so I think it was just a weather balloon. Uh, no. You see, the thing is that the, UFO, the pilots are of the spacecraft and they're highly advanced in their technologies. And they, by the way, before I go any further, they are not here to abduct or, or kidnap or do anything or mutilate or whatever. This is all propaganda. They are here on a also divine because <laughs> they're divine themselves. They're part of this this whole which we call our solar system, which is a consciousness again at a higher level. 
they are here on a on a mission on a positive divine mission to help us humanity because we've made such a mess of things we have put into our we have polluted our water our air and in particular we have polluted it with nuclear radiation and according to Benjamin Krem's master, one of the major reasons why you get so many people suffering from Alzheimer's, early dementia and so on, is because our immune system, we have allowed our immune system to be weakened, mm -hmm. even if our scientists can't measure it. It's too subtle to be measured yet, but there is radiation. There's such amount of nuclear pollution in our in our atmosphere that we have weakened our immune systems and people are more and more prone to or susceptible to things like um, rapid decline and therefore you have early onset dementia, uh, Alzheimer's and so on. And the Space Brothers are here and one of their major works, and I'll, I'll, say, I'll say a bit more about it, one of the major things that they're doing is being here in order to absorb as much as that our karma allows because you know we have our own responsibility but they are here to absorb as it were kind of like mop up to absorb and to neutralize mm -hmm. as much of the nuclear radiation in our atmosphere as I've possible. I've heard this before yeah. You've heard it before? Yeah, well, you guess. see you, we have in Share International um, often published um, photographs uh, sent to us where you see um, a UFO just above uh, a nuclear installation or just above um, a volcano that's just mm -hmm. about to erupt. Uh, the big volcano uh, near Mexico City, Popocatapetl, uh, it, when it's sort of just about to erupt, I've seen quite a number of videos where you see UFOs actually mm -hmm. going in and what they do is the uh, pilots send in what they call scout ships. So it's a small smallish i don't know how what the size is a smallish uh, vehicle basically it's it's an instrument which is sent in to take measurements highly sensitive take measurements and so on and to see whether they can avert some or or bring down some of their possible destructive effects of a huge um, blowout uh, near a major city uh, same happens with volcano with um, seismic activity earthquakes Matreya and the Masters and mm -hmm. the space people work together often to um, at least alleviate to some extent the um, and to, to bring down to a level where, you know, it'll cause, yes, but, you know, within karmic limits, they can um, decrease the violence of either um, a blowout as an eruption or um, uh, seismic activity. And they're often, and that's why you often see UFOs around such installations. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. And, you, and if you Google some of this stuff, you'll find a lot of documentation about the volcanoes and the nuclear sites and the earthquakes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. They're they're doing something. <clears throat> yeah, and one of the things that we've been uh, told is that um, as soon you see the thing is, look, humanity has free will. This is the big problem. <laughs> it's the it's the 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 best thing, but it's one of the things that it, it, you know because of our point of evolution, as it were, because of where we're at, uh, we don't always make the right decisions. So we've got free will, and free will allows us to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know. Uh, you, there's, there's, you know, that's, that's it. There is, it's an absolutely incontrovertible, inviolable 
um, law, humanity may not have its free will infringed. The masters and uh, Maitreya will never, even if they can see that we're, <laughs> you know, they will never interfere with our free will, except if we start um, a major nuclear uh, war, mm. in which case they would interfere, um, because we wouldn't be allowed to destroy our planet and therefore also destroy other planets, because it would set the whole thing, uh, it would be very disruptive to the rest of the solar system. That makes, that makes sense. So, so we, there is a promise that as we, if we get our acts in, if we get our act together, if we get our house in order, if we start acting in the right way, uh, you know, ensuring decent living standards for everyone and, and so on and so on, if we do the basic stuff, mm -hmm. we will be allowed to be inspired to use new technology, we will be given new technology. At the moment, we're too stupid. Yeah, that's one of the things that, <laughs> I, too, that, that I've heard. Of, is if, we, if we work things out here, we'll be allowed into some type of galactic federation. Exactly. That's some time in, 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 to go. But in the meantime, we would, exactly along the lines you're indicating, we would be given new technologies called the technology mm -hmm. of light, which we would be able to have free and available throughout our planet without it being polluting. We've had so, it before, but, I think. You know, but because we're so we're so stupid and we make the wrong decisions and we haven't put our house in order yet, we're waiting and the, the people who want to go forward are waiting like, when's it going to happen, you know? Mm -hmm. Because we know that there's a, a good and uh, a just and a beautiful, creative, loving world ahead of us and I don't mean it in a utopian, I just mean it in an everyday practical sense along the lines we've been talking about. But because we keep making mistakes, we haven't been, we're not able to be given this, this new technology yet because we're too dangerous. Mm -hmm. We might, you know, we do stupid stuff with it. So in a way we have technology waiting to be given to us, which would solve a lot of our problems. So we wouldn't be dependent on oil and on the oil giants and on the on the profit motive of the people who are behind them and mm -hmm. so on and so on. So all of these things come together. We're at an amazing time. It's an awful time, but we're at an, in an amazing time with so much going for us. But we have to sort of wake up uh, and start thinking about, well, how do we want to live? How do we want to be? What are our priorities? You know, yeah. if you know that that uh, sharing creates justice and it creates, therefore, the the atmosphere of trust. And if you have trust, then you can negotiate anything. Then you can say, okay, end of war, end of competition. Yeah. Of course, you'll have the dinosaurs, the ones who are always holding on to and want to hold on to stuff as long as possible. But you know, eventually. Nothing terrible is going to happen to them, and nobody's going to be um, judged badly if they don't believe what all the stuff I'm saying. Not at all. You know, this is up to every every mm -hmm. human being who hears this. Judge it on its merits. See if you think it makes sense. Look into it. Look into to the um, listen to Benjamin Krem talking. He is very very inspiring, and you will also feel energies if you if you listen to some of the messages from Maitreya. Will feel energies and so on, but you know, people who are holding on to their power and their money and all the rest, and there's a particular strain of people at the moment who just want power over people's thinking and so on. Um, 
they will gradually die out, just like the dinosaurs died out, you know, and then come back into incarnation, and they'll be fine, you know, when they come back into incarnation, they'll be okay, because things will be different, you know. But, um, yeah, we need to start thinking about how we really want to be with each other. You're right. Life is created to evolve, and we can't change that. So no matter what happens... Evolution is going to happen no matter what. Yes. Right? You know, I was reading reading a couple of days ago, just, oh, it's an old book, Joseph Murphy's Power of the Subconscious Mind. And one of the things that he mentions, though, is like, no matter what we do, no matter what decisions we make, our subconscious mind is always going to look for the one that's best for our survival whether we're consciously aware of it or not. And that's true of everybody, even the people that are resisting this change subconsciously they're going to have to do what's best for their survival and for their evolution eventually that's just how it is yeah yeah plants are made to grow (laughs) yeah yeah life grows that's what happens Yeah. Yeah. yeah wow so um this is a fantastic interview i would really love to have you back again Oh, I'd love to be back. It's very nice to talk to you. You, you. I love the way you listen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we wrap it up, where's the best place for my listeners to find you, find your magazine, um, find Benjamin's books? Yeah. Um, there is a, a website, Share. It, it's share-international.org. And if you go to share-international.usa, you'll find out all sorts of things like um, freely downloadable books. Um, there's shareecart.com where you can check out the books and order them. Um, and uh, do go to the website and look at, um, and also YouTube, look at videos with Benjamin Krem. Um, the energy is extraordinary, and he is very inspiring. Um, he died in 2016, um, having spent you know, all of his adult life working in this way and telling people about this. But I must emphasize yet again, it is not a religion, it's not a cult. We simply put it out there, this is information, and he, his attitude was always, well, you know, Try it on, see if it works. If it doesn't, leave it, you know. Mm-hmm. The events will gradually bring you to see that actually there is something in the story. And if you are a person who uh, is searching and you're already in touch with your soul and you're searching, you will gradually find that if not this form of what we're saying, mm-hmm. some form of this will speak to you and resonate with you. And then the thing is, you know, people power is the way to go and to change things and to work with others because we're moving into this time of really working with others. So that's one great thing. And everyone can find a way to make the world a better place, to serve, to make it more fair, to make it more beautiful. And you have to find what speaks to your heart, what speaks to you most deeply. And when those things start aligning, life moves forward in a most beautiful and creative way and you find you're able to to help others to serve to and to live absolutely joyfully because that's as you said what it's about yeah yeah it's not meant just to struggle it's meant to be enjoyed yeah i I absolutely believe that 
Yeah, it's, it's too good. It's too good to be. Absolutely. Man, yeah, I, you I, can't. I, just, yeah. just look around. There's flowers. Yeah. There's trees. There's exactly. air. There's food. Yeah. yeah. It, it's way too yeah. much for this world to be a place of yeah. Yeah. horrid misery. Yeah. You know, I, I'm sure that some people will find it difficult to think, okay, there's a world teacher and you, you're saying that he's, you know, he's the teacher come for, for all of mankind and he's the, he's the, the new Krishna or he's mm -hmm. the new Buddha or he's the new Christ or whatever. All of these things are names. He prefers to be seen as the teacher and he will just be a teacher, but not in the sense of, uh, you know, telling you what you must do, but putting before you the possibilities. And he will be seen more and more on television very gradually, not as Maitreya, the world teacher, but simply as, let's say, Mr. Bloggs, Mr. Joe Bloggs, um, whatever. And he will gradually, you will hear him talking about the kind of modern concerns that you and I have talked about, things that w will change our world for the better for all. Mm -hmm. And people will respond to him from the energies and also because of what he stands for, because that's what they long for, mm -hmm. not because he's some. That's why he's not appearing as the the Christ or the mm -hmm. Buddha or whatever. He's simply appearing as Joe Bloggs, and uh, whatever name he chooses. So, you know, not his his full um, stature at first. It's to allow people to respond to his teachings and what he's saying and say, ah, that is what I need. That's what we need. That's what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. So it comes from your heart to change the world, not from someone telling you. This is not some authority telling you. Right, right. I want and, to get and, away. And we've encountered these masters before. Like, like we, we do have like sort of like ascended masters or, or whatever they are walking around now, like people like the Dalai Lama, you know, or, or Gandhi. Yes, and yeah, they are disciples of some of the masters, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Th these are all people that Mother Teresa, yeah. um, yes, Mandela, exactly. like all these yes. people really yeah. brought some really powerful things into our world at our time. Exactly. Just as yeah. powerful as these people that we've been worshipping for 3,000 years. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, um, it if you mention any household name like Leonardo da Vinci, Michelangelo, Beethoven, Mozart, Einstein, uh, whoever, all of these people were great, great developed people because they had grown into a different relationship with their souls and often they were being inspired by their masters or sometimes directly by their own soul. So mm -hmm. everything that flowed out of them was beautiful, creative, productive and uh, towards helping the world. And the masters work through people like that. So inspire them, give them the ideas, the ideas go out, we respond to them, and our civilization improves, takes a, takes a step further, and so on. So that's how it works. <laughs> and people will gradually see Mitra and see him talking along the lines of, well, let's change the world. You know, we haven't touched on the idea of the sense of some people are looking for a god outside. And yet so many people now are experiencing what is known right. as God imminent, the, huh? the sense the of themselves. The kingdom of God is within. <laughs> exactly. And that's coming together now. Yeah. Most, yeah. In, a, in, a, in a most creative way. And I think that's exactly where we are. It's a tough time, but it's one of the best times in the world to be an incarnation. Yeah, it's exciting. exciting yeah, it's exciting. And, and, and there's a lot, a lot of possibilities. Yeah, there's lots Unlimited to be done. Unlimited possibilities that we Absolutely. can do. Absolutely. <laughs> Unlimited, exactly. 
The sky is the limit. We we will grow into our full divinity. We'll flourish and grow and grow and continue to grow. And you know, we've only just begun. We've only just begun in the in in the sense of there's so much more to to explore of yourself and of everything that we call reality. Wow, absolutely beautiful. So yeah, let's um do this again. Okay, great. Yeah, definitely. And I'll put the links to your websites in the notes of this episode. And um, it's been a pleasure having you. And I'll send you a link. Thank you. We'll definitely do it. Great. That, I think we have more to, to talk about yet. I'm sure we have. <laughs> All right. Great. And hang on for one moment, and I'm just going to play the outro. Okay. Thank you.